here we go. <laughs> the Bike Lab, Bike Lab Performance Podcast. Uh, I am Tony, owner of the Bike Lab. We have with us Matt Lanier. Hey guys. Manager of Whole Shot Coffee, uh, best coffee in Oklahoma City by a considerable margin. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, work on now with pitch. breakfast sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, breakfast sammies, the whole shot wrap. Burritos. Yeah, I don't know if I want to call burritos. it a burrito or a wrap yet. I like both. It's a it's a warm tortilla wrap. Yep. Uh, with taters in it. Uh, or is it just eggs and bacon? This one's eggs and bacon. I'm looking at a vegan wrap, so it's healthy. Scientifically proven. Anything vegan, uh-huh. automatically healthy. <laughs> Taters sound really good. Taters. Yep. <laughs> you had me at taters. And we have with us a Brad, uh, Bradgen, Brandon Jackson from what, Team Logic, Logic Team. Yeah, where we do not give free IT support. Gives free <laughs> IT service, free. So um, he also does uh, which, printers and toners now. So you know, if you have toner you know, printers issues. are like the worst thing. To yep. Work on of of yeah. the things that you fix, which makes you the happiest? I can't get my email to work, or my printer toner is low. Oh, I do email all day long. Email all day long. Mm. All day long. You're one of those Microsoft Exchange guys, aren't you? I am one of those Exchange guys. I'm not even on the Google. I don't understand. Oh, you do you have a Google email though? I have. Yeah, I do. Why? I don't know. I'm just going Gosh. against the grains. You need to offer three Some days just the Microsoft just gets old and you have to log out and log into something. You, you just just go back to like Hotmail. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> At the bike shop, it's always really amazing. You can kind of tell somebody's uh, modern uh, ability to deal with technology purely based it's on the email. email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I've seen Junos. I've seen AOLs. I'm trying to think of what the most like uh, Net- Netscape. What's that like? Juno. And there's some super Juno was a free one, dude. Yeah. I had a Juno. <laughs> did Heck too. yeah, I did. What was it? I don't know. There's like what did they have in Arizona? Owls. I- yeah, no, messenger, I, I feel messenger like messenger dogs. I feel like Hotmail was uh, whenever I was in high school, that was that's what everybody was on was Hotmail. The website or the email? The email, dude. Oh, okay. Then it was Yahoo, and then it was Gmail. Was that with the? I skipped Yahoo. I went straight, you to, just Gmail. Went straight to Gmail. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You've always been a fan of Hotmails. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, you guys are disgusting. All right, today we're talking about. Matt, what's our topic today? I think we're going to be talking about uh, a little bit of motivational speaking about motivational writing. You're really good at podcast (laughs) No, just like uh, motivation versus discipline. How are you going to get on the bike whenever it's uh, iced overnight and it's 20 degrees and the group ride is not riding? We, which is tonight. Which this is, is tonight. you know, in Oklahoma, I'm sure, I mean, around the country, I think they'll listen and they would think we're super spoiled that we have two months that are kind of difficult, but they <laughs> might have four or five with snow and elevation and, and I don't know, people that drivers in New Jersey or whatever it is. Here in Oklahoma, kind of mid-December, oh, actually it started early this year, didn't it? In November, we had a lot of cold weather even. Yeah, I felt like cross season was pretty cold this year. Yeah. Colder than normal, so probably November. Jackson, this doesn't affect him at all because he spends twenty four seven on his bike in a garage. Mm-hmm. Climate controlled. Are you gonna? Do you do any Zwift racing? Because you'd probably be pretty good at that, right? I mean, the regular racing, so no, so, but the, Zwift, the the watts per kilo, I'm out on that deal. <laughs> you could just fake it. You could yeah, just pretend just you weigh it. as much as Matt. Yeah, that's not, I don't have that in me. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, gets on the scale before he gets on Zwift. It get, the garage, my garage gets down to about 40 degrees. It gets a little cold every now and then. 
So those speaking of his whipped rate, Matt, you were part of this, weren't you? We had, at the bike shop we have his whipped account, mm-hmm. and we had a bike that we set up uh, on a trainer with the Swift account, and we had five of us there. It was me, you, Corey, Jeremy, and Tanner. Yeah. And we joined yep. the Swift race, and we wanted to just mess with the people. Yeah. And so we would spend two minutes each riding as hard as we possibly could. <laughs> yeah. And then we one guy would hop off, I, the other guy would hop on the I bike. I feel like there should be some background about this, though, because we were all still wearing jeans, all in tennis shoes, and no warm-up at all. It was just two minutes. But all we had to do was run as hard as possible for two minutes and then switch hard as possible. But did you win? Here's the deal. After 20 minutes, so several rotations, we were in 15th. Yep. Yeah, we were getting dropped. So this was the A race or something? It was the A race. These Mm -hmm. guys were averaging like five or six watts per kilo. I was hopping on there and giving my best two minutes in jeans and tennis shoes or whatever. Mm -hmm. So on the spot. Oh, yeah, on the spot. No, no, no. Question. On the spot. On the spot. Question. All right, here we go. What do you guys think of the British embracing Zwift cycling as like a a formalized thing as part of their cycling group oh. over there? What do you mean part of their cycling group? Like so, like USA Cycling here, it's like their whatever their federation type group over there. They have blessed Zwift racing and have incorporated that. So now they have like official. So it'd be like, like team, a, team Wiggins is on it and a bunch. It'd of be other like people. having an official USAC race on Zwift. That's exactly what they're doing. So it's right. esports. That's what they're doing right now. What is your guys' gut reaction to that? Uh, I mean, esports is going to be a huge thing. The problem is that it's not a sport on Zwift. It's just it's just pure fitness. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, time trial. They do have like so it's kind of a gaming thing where uh, you can get. I don't know what they call it, power-ups or something, but it's like an aero helmet. And then, like, during the yeah, race... Yeah, did... they had the aero pay-up. They had the leaf. That so you I would say their tactics is what I mean by that. Or it's like... Mario Kart. Yeah. Right? So you're the engine, and you have some real generalized Mario Kart yeah. stuff. You can't steer. You can't... Like, cornering doesn't matter. Like, a lot of the bike skills that go into being a good bike racer... For sure. ...are completely taken yeah. out of that. So anyone... What it, what it lends to is the people who are pure... Biomechanical engines, monster. right? Yeah. Are yeah. gonna do great. Yeah. But not all biomechanical engines are good athletes. Yeah. They can just pedal real hard in straight line. So I don't think I think you could have a crossover where someone who's good at Zwift racing could be good at off road racing, but I think you've seen they've done the contests where you earn a pro contract. Yes. And none of those people have lasted yeah. Or done well enough to even make active roster to even show up and do any races. Because they've got twenty five percent of the skills that it takes to be. A they don't have the skill to actually be there. Right. So I don't think yeah. it's a bad thing to have esports to create engagement for the sport. Sure. Um, but I don't do cycling because I want to be training all the time. I train because I love the to engage in the sport. Yeah. And I like the tactics. I like the skill. I like the speed. I like the fact that you can go through a corner at 30, 35 mile an hour, and you almost might die, and you don't, and you come out of it. On Zwift, you get none of that. And Zwift, you get a sweaty garage room and a fan in your face. That's kind of my attitude towards it. I think it's going to be good for the sport because there's going to get a bit more people on bikes occasionally, I think, in different worlds coming from different arenas. But um, I I prefer the, the real-world racing aspect because there's a lot more skill that you can develop and learn and, and win races, whereas I may, I'm not going to win a Zwift A race because I'm, I'm just too heavy for that. But here, here's what you could do. Hmm. You can get an iPhone mount for your bike. <laughs> I like where this can, is going. You can get into a Zwift race, Oof. go to Lake Hefner, join, and no matter what's in your way, 
What pole is there? Race to win. She's a motor. When you get those, like, the what are the, the glasses or the goggle thing? Yeah, the heads up display yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, have your have your phone plans with go to go to the go on Saturday morning to the seven AM ERR ride. At the same time have Zwift on your phone on your bicycle. This sounds really dangerous. Man, I, I really want to try it, but I also really like living. So and you don't have to look at it, you just ride the ERR ride and just see where the watts see where he ends like up. where the watts in and you can and you get double the because both of them will post to Strava. Wow. You yeah, actually get go. double the miles because you mm-hmm. rode digitally and you rode in the real world. Mm-hmm. I, like I like it. it. Yeah. There we go. That's that's the way we solve that problem. <laughs> so speaking of motivation and discipline, this is Matt's topic. It's the hardest time of year. Brandon, mm. you you do what a lot of people don't do. You train a lot inside. Mm-hmm. So what what have been the mental tools, the skills, or advice you have for somebody about what gets you into that zone? And do you see motivation and discipline as two separate things, or are they in tandem for you? Uh, the, I would say they're in tandem. I mean, for me, I, I look at cycling and building fitness as a process. Um, and whether that's mathematical for stress scores and things like that, just building fitness over time, there's a bunch of math that goes into that. But for me... Um, when I plan my workouts and my training, I have all of these life variables in front of me, whether it's work or family or obligations to different things. And so one of my suggestions to people is to know what your life variables are, and then you can kind of plan your um, you know, your cycling around that. And, but you have to know what those are to be able to uh, be effective um, in those workouts week in and week out. Um, one of the things for me that kind of keeps me going, I think of like, you know, days where I don't feel good or I don't want to get on the bike. Um, something I started doing a couple of years ago is planning and scheduling my workouts weeks in advance, if not months in advance. So, uh, and it's something that we, we do for athletes that we coach. We, mm-hmm. we do the same thing. We prescribe those workouts for them. Mm-hmm. And you wake up and you look at your calendar and it says you have to do an hour, an hour and a half of these types of workouts that day. And for me, I just takes the guesswork or even like living in the moment, like um, I just don't feel good today, but I, I have an hour prescribed. I need to get an hour done. And I would say too, it's very hard to start each day with a blank slate Yeah. versus doing a little bit of work ahead of time to say, here's the plan, here's what works. And then you get to a day where you maybe maybe don't want to ride, but you know you have recovery coming up, or you have goals, or you have a race, and because you know the plan and you have a longer plan of view, you don't want to miss out on those good things. And so having something down um, helps a lot versus I don't know what I'm going to do today. Mm-hmm. And the last thing that kind of gets me through the day is is like is is visualization. So. There's some days that I don't want to do a workout or I don't feel good enough to do the workout that I have prescribed, but I think to my goals that I've set for myself for the season, and I, let's say it's winning um, a race at Pro-Am, I, I visualize what that looks like, what that feels like, the emotion, um, all the things that go with that. Um, and on the days that I really don't want to do that workout, I just kind of walk myself mentally through what that's going to be like winning that race and I know consistency is what gets me to that um, gets me closer to being able to accomplish that goal 
and at least for me that that works um, some people does some people doesn't Matt what about you yeah for me motivation is a very like environmental environmentally dependent thing right so motivation for me comes from the stuff that I'm around so other people can motivate me the weather can motivate me um, just whatever external forces can motivate me but it's really hard for me to find motivation within myself so I had to lean on discipline a whole lot more to actually even get on the bike in the first place mm -hmm. um, I find that once I'm on the bike and especially after I'm done with my workout that's whenever I feel most motivated and that's whenever I have the ball rolling but it's really hard if you for me if I keep waiting for motivation to happen and the motivation is only going to happen at the end of the ride, then you're never, for me, I'm never going to take that first step to get on the bike or um, to get into the garage or whatever, get on the trainer. So I've been leaning, I've been thinking about this a lot more lately, just leaning on discipline as opposed to motivation to get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. And once you get the ball rolling, then once you're done with your workout, that's whenever I feel most motivated to continue that process, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, right? Yeah. So just... A little mantra that I've had in my head over the last week or so is um, just discipline over motivation. Mm. I can't rely on motivation, but I can always rely on discipline. Yeah, I think that there's I think there's different mental models that kind of get you there, as far as doing the work when you don't want to. Um, I know when I was uh, I worked with Source Endurance. My first experience was coaching with being coached, um, and well, actually. In college sports, I had that same experience mm. with both football and track and field, and I think that was a unique experience where somebody's full-time job was giving me work to do, and all I had to do as an athlete was be a doing machine. Whether I was going to work out that day or not, I didn't even have to decide that. I just had to go do what was in front of me, and that was easy. So when I first started being coached, uh, Zach Allison in Source Endurance was my coach for a couple of years. It got me out of the mires of very mediocre Cat 3 and really found the rhythm of training and success and find out how to apply what I knew about training into a pattern. That was probably the easiest success and easiest discipline I ever had because it took all the guesswork out and I trusted that he knew what he was talking about. I trusted that we were doing the right work. I knew that I wanted like those extra rides I was doing. I knew I wanted to lean into because I had a recovery week coming. Like, I just knew the pattern was there. That was the easiest time it was for me to do. I did more trainer work that time, which is nuts now because mm -hmm. I don't like doing it. Mm -hmm. um, I did more threshold workouts. I did more VO2 workouts. Like the plan for me it became really easy because I didn't have to worry about what was I motivated for that day um, because I trusted Zach and I trusted the plan he had and it made it really easy. But for me, um, things that get in my way is I start, if I do get demotivated or step out of discipline is because I start to mistrust now the plan I've set for myself and I start to doubt whether it's worth it. I start to doubt whether I want to do that. So I, I kind of fall in line with Jackson, with Brandon, um, visualization. Mm -hmm. So when I want to do a workout or don't want to work out, the thing that I visualize most often is a podium and I think about standing on the top step and then choosing to step down one step. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Right? So if I don't do the workout today, is it worth it if it means I'm not on the top step and I got second place instead of first place, right? And if it's second day in a row I don't do it, am I okay just stepping off the podium? Am I, am I cool with fifth or do I want first? For me, in my experience with racing, 
it's like that hole in one you get in golf that keeps you golfing for another five years. Mm-hmm. The win to me, I just like to win. Don't do it all the time. A lot of races are a journey towards finding those wins. But man, there is nothing like winning. And we used to have a, an inside rep at Specialized um, Bicycles. <clears throat> and I was talking with him on the phone one day, and he was super laid back. He's like, man, Tony, sometimes you just got to treat yourself to the top step, brother. You got to <laughs> treat yourself. You got to think of it like, I'm doing this work because I, I'm going to get to the top step, and I'm just going to enjoy it. And that's like the best. And so he was like this chill Santa Cruz dude. I want to meet that guy. I mean, I thought he was high every time we (laughs) talked to him. But when I thought about that, I'm like, I actually do have the choice whether or not I want to do the work and treat myself to the top step or in that daily decision, am I okay stepping down to second? Mm -hmm. Am I okay with the podium finish? Am I okay making it almost all the laps of the race and getting dropped on the last one? Mm -hmm. In my mind, none of those things is worth the work it takes to race. For me, the only thing that really feels worth it is focusing on that win, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Because if I can't show up, if I don't have a process in place to go and win a race, to me, racing is just not. There's so many cool experiences that go if you just want personal challenge, and that that can be very fulfilling, and I've been fulfilled doing those experiences before, but if I'm going to be doing threshold workouts, if I'm going to be doing VO2 workouts, getting on a trainer in February, um... Going to the gym at 5 a.m., which I do four times a week. If I'm going to be doing that kind of work, I can get really motivated to do it. But the only thing to me that makes it worth it is when I wake up early and I go to Golds, I see myself stepping up in higher places Mm -hmm. in races. Mm -hmm. And being on that top, I've only been on the top step a few times, but the times I have, there has been no better experience in any race. Makes it all worth it, huh? Yeah, well, I've never gone by on a. I've never gone across the finish line first and not been one of the most surprised people in the race. <laughs> right? I've never shown up to a race and be like, "I'm winning this," and then go and win it. Like I, that's yeah. never been my experience. Like if it happens, I'm like, "Whoa, they didn't come around me. This is awesome!" <laughs> right? And to me, that that like you said, that visualization or getting hungry for that win and not being a jerk about it, but just digging in deep to okay, this I'm gonna do this, and then it's. And it's like we talked about a couple weeks ago. I, I even like it better during this time of year mm-hmm. because I know there's people not doing work. Mm-hmm. I know people are like you're talking about. They're relying on motivation. Mm-hmm. Do I want to ride today? Right? Versus, well, I'm riding today because I want to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned a trainer, and like that's me looking at my life variables. And like sometimes I have to ride at 5 a.m., you know, to get it in for that day. And that's just me fitting that puzzle piece in, right? Whereas I, I could not do, ride or whatever, but like I just know that that's what I have to do. And mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you just, you gotta do those things, make those sacrifices. Mm-hmm. I'd love to ride on the road with you dudes all the time. Yep. Yeah, going back to- I would just like to get your kids above 42. Right. <laughs> just go, going back to like your training plan, right? It's, it's, for me, it's like you were saying, whenever somebody else was doing Gosh, was your training thing. plan, Whenever, oh, so easy. Yeah, whenever somebody else is telling you what uh-huh. the workouts are and you have 100% confidence in that workout, that's that makes it a whole lot easier to just follow that path. But if you're doing your own workouts and you're like, you know, you're flying by the seat of your pants or you don't have 100% confidence in the training plan that you're doing, it's so much harder, it's so much harder oh my to, gosh, it's yeah. a lot harder to stay uh, dedicated to those workouts. And even if you get into the halfway point, there's a phrase I've always had where I trust the science. Mm-hmm. My body cannot live outside the rules by which it continues to be alive. 
Meaning, if I want to lose weight and I consume less calories, no matter what plan it's on, I will lose weight. Now, if it's unhealthy, I might not have a lot of energy and be grumpy. There's ways to do it with good energy and good fuel. It also, my body cannot help but to get faster if I do the right kind of work mm-hmm. and, if I, and if I recover. It has no choice. Mm-hmm. It can't, like I, I'm, doing the work is not going to create a worse result, right? And recovering properly is not going to create a worse result. My body has no choice but to play by the rules. The reason that it's slow is because I've not done the work. Mm-hmm. So if it's going to get fast, I know that if I do the work, but sometimes when you're getting started and you're starting to train, it feels so far out and so distant and those results seem light years away that it's hard to mm-hmm. trust that the work today matters in three months. Yep. But for me, that trust the science moniker has always been something that when I was fat and trying to lose weight, it's what I had to rely on because it didn't feel like it was going to work. Mm-hmm. How, how important do you think knowing your why is in this whole process of knowing why you're cycling or why you're training or why you're racing that why you just mean like understanding the science your motivator basically i think it depends on your personality if you're a data-driven scientifically minded person i think you have to know the processes that your body's going through but if you're i don't i don't know that it has to be complicated i don't think it has to be even like purpose-driven life right like i I think it has mean like like when when i was losing weight i had a why of um i started having some health problems and was really overweight really lethargic and tired all the time and my wife and i were talking or my, my wife and i were talking about having kids soon and i knew that i would not have the energy to help with the kids and do what I needed to do and be a good dad. And so that was my why. That was oh, my motivator okay, gotcha. behind losing the weight. So mm-hmm. every time I wanted to eat a piece of pizza and I knew I didn't need to, that was my why for saying no. So I'm applying that to cycling. Yeah. How important yeah, that I is, think, is, is that in this process? Right, that's just setting setting goals and objectives behind mm-hmm. why you're training. If, you, mm-hmm. if your goal is to, you know, top step pro-am and your objectives are, okay, get my FTP up to whatever, get my weight down to whatever. Mm-hmm. Then you understand, and you have milestones that you can hit along the way. You hit those milestones, and you know you're one step closer to your goal. Sure. For me, when I started losing weight, because I I got to a doctor's visit and I was much heavier than I am now. He said you're okay at 30, but if you're here by 45, we might have some problems. My initial step into just being active again was losing weight. Mm-hmm. But once I found out you could race bikes. Losing weight didn't become the why. It became just a means to an end. Mm-hmm. As soon as I found out you could go fast on bikes and do it for another 30, 40 years, that was it. So, like, I do the training because I like to go fast, and I've never gone faster than when I want. And so it's just, for me, it's a real simple just I want the adrenaline, I want the experience, and I, mm-hmm. just, I just love so, it. So you want to win, and because you want to win, you're going to lose the weight. Yeah, a side or effect because is healthier you, living. It means right. Side effects, but, but the motivation, if all I wanted to do was be in shape and be healthier, I'm already there. I don't have to train for racing to do that. And I've gotten real comfortable with, I just like going fast. Yeah. Like that's just, just a ton of fun and it's worth the time and effort sure. to get out there and battle and have that competition, have that strategy, rip the corner. And I, it's just it's just playing as an adult, and I just love it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the the why it comes down to just where do I want to fall on that? Do I want to be capable of having that experience, or do I want to show up and every time feel like I'm getting my head kicked in? I think you and I are very similar in that. That you have some experiences with going fast. No, not 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 really. A couple of times, maybe. 
but so the thing I, I didn't mean bikes though. Oh, I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know what you're talking about. Now. <laughs> I'm gonna just say that there is uh, some Fast and Furious experiences in Oklahoma City, and at one point we're gonna have Brandon Jackson talk about his experience <laughs> being chased by a helicopter. A lot of flashing lights. <laughs> yeah. What I was gonna say is you and I are similar. I think in both what you just said is the competitive aspect. So I think that's one of my whys and motivators. Um, but one of the things we haven't talked about is just geeking out on the process, the process of from going from slow to fast. I've always found that yeah. super, um, at least motivational. Well, there's a lot of personal a, achievement, and yeah. you just tweak it. Like, if I, you don't really go to play college sports if you don't love practicing. Right. And the game just ends up being the celebration of all the work you've done. It's the same thing with racing. Like, you don't race enough times for it to be worth it, but you love the process mm-hmm. of Go, getting in shape. Like going up that climb one second ah. faster each week. Yes. Getting faster, yeah. getting better, and you just know. And then when you get there and you have the race, it should be a celebration of the work you've done. Mm-hmm. And it should have a lot less. You maybe have, like, race day jitters, but you shouldn't have this doom and gloom and anxiety that if it doesn't like work out, it. you're quitting yeah. cycling. Right? And there's guys that get like that. Man, if I don't do good in this race, I don't even know if it's worth it. Well, I mean... Race is just a celebration. The worth it is the lifestyle of chasing after something fun and having mm-hmm. a personal achievement. And I never found anything in life that pushed me to my limits more than cycling. Mm-hmm. Right? It just like takes me to that that edge, and it's bled over to other parts of my life, and I enjoy that benefit. But it makes us better human beings in the process. It though. can. I mean, again, it depends on your why and your motivation. I think some people jump into it, and it's an escape. It can mm-hmm. be a, an escape from relationships. It can be an es- escape from stress, and it can be a good or a bad escape. Right? Yeah. Um, so I think dialing into your motivation might find discipline. If, I mean, cycling attracts an obsessed crowd, mm-hmm. right? And there's lots of reasons you might get into it. And for a season of your life, it may be the answer to help you get through something hard. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I don't think you have to be super diagnosed and all that stuff. But when it comes to doing a trainer workout in January or February, you know, like, it, you better have some, some reasons. Yeah. And winning is a good one. It is a good one. It is a good one. It's a good feeling. I, what you what race have you won? What, what's what, what's the best win you've had, Jackson? Uh, the one that I think I enjoyed the most was the pro am win out of a break last year, the Saturday pro am. Saturday Saturday pro am. Is that one of the few races where you didn't flat? Yeah, that and <laughs> I, I felt like just I didn't screw something up. I, I didn't walk away from the race saying I wish I had done this differently. Mm-hmm. That was the one that everything kind of went right yep. for me. Matt, what about you? Best win. Um, man, I think I had a weekend as a Cat 3 out in Arkansas. What were the races out there? It was a Friday-Saturday race. Border, in north, northwest Arkansas. Border on the something? Hell on the no, border. Hell on the border? no, it wasn't that one. Joe Martin? No, it's a newer race. I can't remember the name of it. But I did, I got a second Friday night, and then I won Saturday night, and that was just Oh, oh the Rafa Walmart Omnium. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That one was fun. <laughs> No, whatever it was, it was. Whenever you, for me, I think back to those experiences, and uh-huh. I've had only less than a handful of those really good race experiences, and trying to chase that feeling, like you were saying, you know, you hit that hole in one, that drives the drives the motivation for the next five years, and yeah. we're always chasing back after that. So that's one of the things that I think back to. Um, yeah. Podium at a gateway last year in the Cat 2 race. Yeah, you were flying on the cross bike. Yeah, on the cross bike, and that was 
that's another one of those moments. So if you go back this year and you get off the podium on a better bike, how yeah. disappointed are you going to be? It's pretty disappointing. <laughs> Uh, man, I, uh, my best experiences, I've had two good experiences at the Pro-Am. I went to the, the Saturday Cat 3 race a few years ago, and then the Friday night Cat 2 race. Nice. Uh, and I was, I don't think anyone was more surprised than me, the fact that I won the Friday night, because it has the hill in it. Yeah. But that was, uh, it was when me and uh, Brandon Malott were the Cat 2s on the team. And so we just kind of won two that weekend. The dynamic duo. It was a good weekend. Yeah, we just, it was a keep what you kill kind of thing. So we weren't trying to lead each other out. We were just trying to race smart. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of fun. But, you know, winning like right by downtown OKC, FBI building. Yeah, hometown. Hometown with all those people that are yep. out there. That was that was something that was pretty special. Mm-hmm. But, and that, I mean, that, that experience will, many days, will drive. Mm. Going out, like last Wednesday, it was 19 degrees, but I needed to ride. This Wednesday, it was 32 degrees and rainy, and I had a two-hour ride schedule. I said, I'm at least going to do one lap around Lake Kefner. Mm-hmm. When I got 50 minutes in, I came back, and I was freezing. But mm-hmm. I, didn't have, I didn't do the entire workout, but I still got out and put some time in. You know that one thing that you and Brandon, uh, when I first started riding with you guys, would always say is the people who get faster are the guys that show up to the rides every week. Just show just, up. Just be consistent. Just show up. I mean, if you don't have a I – mean, if you just, like – you just show up. Don't yeah. talk about showing up. Don't talk about it all the time. Just be consistent. Yeah. Is the just point. actually yep. Stop. show up. Stop yeah. staring at your shoes. Put them on. Just get on the bike. Yeah. Show up. Yeah, And then you're going to get better just naturally through mm-hmm. some of that. So I think when it comes to discipline and motivation, that's a, you know something that people go, how hungry are you? Right? Uh, how ambitious are you? And I think sometimes you don't feel like you've earned the right to win. I know guys show up to races and they immediately go towards the back of the race. Like, oh, I... I'm not sure. I don't want to get in anyone's way. Mm-hmm. Well, when you win, you just got in everybody's way, mm-hmm. right? Because you got first across the line. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a mentality shift that needs to happen around it if you're going to do the right training. I think it starts with the mental model right now in January, February of, are you even trying to win a race, right? Is that even your goal? Mm-hmm. And knowing if that's even part of what it is, because the work it takes to win is, a lot. is catastrophically harder than it takes mm-hmm. to get fifth place. Yep. Yeah, what's your answer for whenever your friends and relatives ask you, okay, why do you, you know, why do you go out on Saturday morning and ride five hours, and why do you do intervals during the week? You got to think about why, what, what's your response to well, them? The snap decision then, between jumping on the trainer and doing your workout or sitting down on your couch and having a beer is about half a second. Mm-hmm. And one feels way better than the other, mm-hmm. and it's not the trainer. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? And that's, it's even comes down to those decisions of, man, what's, what am I going to choose in this moment? It's all those little decisions that add up to make a result. Mm-hmm. All right, that got really serious and deep. It did. Oh, my God. Uh, Bike Lab Performance Podcast. So if you want it to be easy, there's three coaches here on this podcast, and we'd love to help you. We can plan it out. We use uh, training peaks. We use modern periodization from trainer workouts to on-the-road workouts knowing the local races, routes, and courses, uh, we can help you. We can help make it easy that all you got to do is be a doing machine. We measure the metrics. We figure out the FTP, and we get the right work done so you can have your best year ever. That's all at thebikelabokc.com. You can go check it out. Uh, We are actively taking clients, and so we'd love to help you with that. Um, And again, I think some of the main things I hear us saying is you can't wait for it to feel right. Mm-hmm. And that's what Matt's saying. Discipline, the choice has to be made. 
you're going to do the work, whether it feels good or not. Mm -hmm. I hear Jackson saying having a plan and not just waiting for a, a uh, blank slate every day to magically create something good, but having a plan where you plan it a couple weeks and know the trajectory helps you to do the right thing in the moment that's its toughest. Um, and I'm just greedy to win. <laughs> and I, that's enough. I visualize, if I, would I rather have a beer and just step off the podium or I'd rather make a healthy choice and maybe step up the podium. And I see it as, as clear as day as that. And there's a lot of times I'm stepping down the podium. <laughs> it's not all victory. But that's, I just, I had to either, I, do I want to admit defeat in those little moments or do I want to chase after victory in them? And for me, that's where I live. So thanks for listening this week. If you have questions, uh, things you want us to talk about, uh, we can uh, definitely connect and get those researched and well put together. We're not saying we know all the answers, but we'll definitely research and figure out how to uh, help you have your best year ever on the bike. Again, we have with us Matt Lanier. Thanks, dudes. Brand and dudettes. <laughs> and dudettes. Brandon Jackson. Thanks, everybody. So it's is it toners or is it email again? It's email. email, not toner. Yeah, probably email. Not toner. And Tony Stewart here with the Bike Lab. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. See you guys. Bye.